Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, 12-12-2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. 12-12, like I know it's not 11-11 where people make wishes, but like 12-12 seems like That's something special. It's a magical thing, 12-12-22, by the way, add the numbers up. Well, that'd be 24. <laughs> There's a reason the you're an two. artist. The first two. Oh, right. The one and the one makes two. Okay. I've heard it's called simple math. Simple math. For yes. simple minds. <laughs> simple minds, yes. Uh, mind is a terrible thing to waste. But, um, okay, we've got a lot to get through today. There's a lot that has happened since our last Today on Broadway episode. I do want to remind you that in your feeds now, there are two great episodes that dropped over the weekend. First was Jan Simpson's latest episode of All the Drama, in which she covered the 1996 Pulitzer Prize winner, Rent by Jonathan Larson. Um, great episode. Check that out. Then on Sunday, this week on Broadway, Peter, James, and Michael talked about a lot of the things that we'll talk about here in the show today. Um, but in terms of reviews, they talked about K-pop, Ain't No Mo, Downstate, uh, A Sherlock Carol, and much, much more. So check those out. And if you want to hear them before anyone else, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. Now, Grace, before we get into the news, um, you were kind of at the center a little bit of some Broadway news this weekend. Um, and actually, I was there to witness the beginning like, what of controversy? it. controversy? No, what no, did no. I do? <laughs> no one's getting canceled. No one's getting canceled. But I was actually with you on, I guess, what it was that? Did we go see a show together on Thursday night? Um, oh, yes. Death of a Salesman. Death of a Salesman. Went and saw oh. that, which we're not going to talk about today, I mean, a lot, oh, just because okay. it's going to be busy. Okay. But we both loved it, right? Like, we were yeah. gobsmacked by that show. Yeah, we'll talk on it later. But we were at Wendell Pierce's birthday party, which was oh Death God. of a Salesman. And it was yes. the best thing. And we will talk about it one day. <laughs> yeah, it is amazing. But... As that was happening, you were in the process of coordinating, at least getting the ball rolling on coordinating a kind of, I don't know if rally is the right term, but... No, definitely not. Some other people were using rally. And I think that when you rally together, that is the truth. But like rally has a different connotation, I feel like, in modern yeah. settings. But it was a, it was just a joyful gathering. Yeah. Um so explain, kind of, explain, explain yeah. this and what we're talking about. It's because of the closing of K-pop that happened on Sunday, you kind of spearheaded this event to show the cast some love and it turned into a big old thing with lots of TV crews there doing interviews as well. Yeah. So essentially, um, as a community, I've just seen a lot of other Asian American and Asian creators, especially in the arts and Broadway, essentially, um, talking about what the times review, the response to the times review and everything kind of surrounding the, the narrative around K-pop, not, not so much exactly the show itself, but everything happening around it mm -hmm. filled with the last two years of how Asians have felt, especially in New York City, um, with just hate crimes going up. I think it's like 300 um, percent versus times past. Like it's an astronomical number. Um, and so it was just everything, 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 everywhere all at once compiled together. And I just my brain broke a little bit on Thursday, to be frank with you. I just started texting a bunch of. Uh, cast members from other shows and companies um, in the Broadway network. And I said, hey, would you like tell the other people in your cast like to just kind of like gather up if if I said like 6 p.m. in the Gershwin Alley, it's a public space. It wouldn't be something that we would need to like flag that would be like possibly, a, you know, a a, not a violent anything. event. Yeah, no, no, no. I was like, we aren't this isn't a march. This isn't a rally. This is just like a joyful celebration just to literally like wave and send off and give cheers to this this crew and, and company of people that are within our community that have not felt uh, uplifted and loved the way I believe that they should be 
Um, especially when so much, so many of them have sacrificed, like some of them have come from soul. They've given up their lives, like, you know, that they, to, to, to do this art. Right. And so, um, anyway, so I just started like talking to everybody and I'm not joking immediately, like two minutes later from each one, it would be like, I'm down. I'm down. Yeah. yeah I saw down. it in real cool. time. I saw it in real time. You getting the responses <laughs> and like you just like sending off like dozens and dozens of text messages and Instagram DMs like yeah, during intermission and before the show <laughs> and after the show too. So it was it was kind of crazy. And so on Saturday in between the matinee and the evening show, there was a huge group of people there. There were some pretty famous faces in the audience uh, as almost well. Almost famous faces. Almost famous. Uh, <laughs> lots of almost famous faces, including yeah. Soleil Pfeiffer. And then uh, Aaron Tveit was there as well. My guy Van Hughes came through with his Van crew. Hughes. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aaron Tveit was there. And he, funnily enough, was sitting directly in front of me when I saw the show on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, because he went he went in. like All of a sudden, he disappeared. And then people realized, oh, he was in getting his tickets at the box office. So that was very cool. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. And he was vibing the whole time. I wasn't trying to like eavesdrop, but like we were all just, it was an, a transformative experience to see the show that night, the last Saturday night they'd ever performed. But, you know, I had donations coming to me. Um, cause I said, Hey, I think I'm going to get a bunch of snacks at H Mart. If anybody wants to contribute, that's where it is. Raise like $300 for snacks <laughs> immediately. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, cause I was you like, walked I- around the audience <laughs> with a bag trying to pass them out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, wouldn't you like a black sesame? I was like, you know, um, but yeah, we had lots of um Korean snacks, which were excellent. And uh, everyone was just there to have a good time. I got to introduce the the group and Helen Park spoke and everybody just like literally sang and danced together and just talked and hung out. I had a bunch of people from the Frozen Tour crew come through. I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw them to support I did. Marina. I did. So all in all, it was just a beautiful moment. And there is a very derby video of me on Channel 7 News. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, because I wasn't like crediting myself. They were like rally organizer. And I was like, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, so because it wasn't about me, it was just about us all just saying, hey, it's OK. You deserve to have some love today. I don't think that that's happened. Usually when people get a closing notice, everyone says, oh, that's such a shame. And they try to go to the show. But yeah. we don't kind of come together as a community and celebrate that they did this very historic thing and that we hope it's not the last time this is done. Yeah. How did the cast respond to the whole event and the outpouring of love that really made it, I mean, a jam packed Gershwin Alley. Yeah, I got a text um, from Marina the day of saying, hey, I don't know what you're planning, but would it be cool? And I was like, it's supposed to be low key. Everybody's just hanging out. There's no like formal anything like I, you know, I checked my, you know, I have friends that do proper rally organizing. I did my homework. Like I did the right thing. This wasn't just some random person that made an infographic and like just decided to invite people. Um, But I said, you know, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. This is not a K-pop sanctioned event. I don't want them to think that we went over their heads in any way, production, house management, blah, blah, blah. Um, But they were like, I think we actually have permission to have speakers outside we're yeah. going to sing a little bit. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I was yeah. like, great. So that's why we got to introduce them. And they were just so, I mean, they were in tears. They saw, you know, the hundreds of people outside. It was really moving. Yeah, it was very special. And I know this isn't about you, but congratulations to you on getting this done in a couple of days. And congratulations to that cast. I, I told you I yeah. was not planning on going to the show, as you know. And but the fact that I ended up getting the opportunity to see it is one of the highlights of of this trip and probably my entire theatrical going year. Um, so I was glad to be able to see it and even more happy to be able to see all of the people that were there on Saturday night share that love with the cast. And I hopefully uh, I hope that they ended their run knowing that they were loved and um even if things didn't go the way that they wanted that they did leave a mark so listen as i always say all we ever want in life is for people to show up 
That's mm-hmm. it. And yep. that's what everyone did. So thank you. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the news. Since our last Today on Broadway episode, which was recorded on Thursday that you and uh, you and Ashley did, there has been two shows that have opened on Broadway. The first was Ohio State Murders that opened on Thursday night late. Um, I'm going to run through those reviews very quickly. And then Some Like It Hot opened on Sunday night, which we are recording now. We're recording a little bit later because even at 10 o'clock, not all of the reviews were out. Thank you very much. Review embargoes. But first, Ohio State Murders opened on Thursday night. It is the Broadway debut to the iconic playwright Adrian Kennedy, who is now in her 90s. Uh, it is directed by Kenny Leon and stars Audra McDonald. Also features Bryce Pinkham and some other folks, which we'll talk about here in a second, that honestly just did not need to be in this show for reasons we can discuss. But as a whole, the review aggregator site, Did They Like It, uh, compiled reviews from 13 different critics. Ten of them were positive and three of them were mixed. Uh, Jesse Green of the New York Times made it a critic's pick and said, quote, in Kenny Leon's piercing production starring Audra McDonald in another performance ripped from her gallery of harrowing women, it is painful both in the story it tells and the immense effort expended to tell it properly. Brittany Samuel of Broadway News was mixed on it and saw it a little bit different in terms of Leon's direction, saying, quote, And even though Kenny Leon's plain direction threatens to flatten the rocky beauty of Ohio, this production ultimately reaffirms Kennedy's singular mastery of common language, dissolution of traditional form, and rightful place on Broadway. Writing for Variety, Naveen Kumar said, quote, It may be easy to take for granted that Audra McDonald, with six Tony Awards to her name, is capable of performances that creep delicately into your psyche and rattle around there as if clearing bats from its darkest recesses. A meticulous cartographer of the heart and mind, she charts human interiors that feel previously unknown, or, in the case of Ohio State Murders, which opened on Broadway on Thursday night, unimaginable before she brings them to life. Um... This is a show, Grace, that reads like it's a it, I mean, it essentially is a one person monologue throughout the entire show. They have done a little bit of of changes, I, I'm assuming, to give Bryce Pinkham's character some some of the dialogue that I think is actually said by the main character. And then they have three other actors I mean, some of them, one of them does not speak. Another one has maybe three lines and another one has maybe a dozen. So it I don't know that I think that made it a little bit more clumsy and a little more. Um, a little busier than it needed to be. But ultimately, this show is about Audra. And I'm not sure why they cloudied that by bringing other people into it when it didn't need to be, especially because I also saw A Christmas Carol on Broadway like the next day. And it was so much more powerful because Jefferson Mays did all of the characters. And, and obviously, Audra in this show is not the same as doing kind of the different, really changing of character voices that Jefferson does in A Christmas Carol. But Audra is this show, and I'm not sure why they cloudied it with other things, but Audra is Audra for a reason. She is the queen for a reason, and everything she does is amazing. Was this show one that needed to be on Broadway from in terms of the content? I don't know. I'm, I went to Ohio State. I love it. This is a fictional sh- story, um, but it didn't seem like it was the, the, the most meaty of pieces that needed to be there, but... Audra's great. I'm happy for her, and I'm glad people are seeming to be enjoying this. 
Moving on to Some Like It Hot, which um, both of you and I have seen. Um, this is, of course, the second musical adaptation of the iconic film. This one is directed by Casey Nicola, who also does the choreography. It features a book by Matthew Lopez and Amber Ruffin, music by Mark Shaman, and lyrics by Shaman and Scott Whitman. The show stars a trio at the top, led by Christian Borle and J. Harrison G. Uh, Adriana Hicks plays the Marilyn Monroe part Sugar. Uh, Natasha Yvette Williams plays Sweet Sue. Kevin Delagula, Adam Heller, and Mark Latito. Um, let's go in. We are still at this point collecting reviews. They are not all in as of yet. So I'm going to do one more refresh here. Um, nope, no more are in. So let's start with Jesse Green of the New York Times, who did make the show a critic's pick. He said, quote, ultimately, it's the epiphanies and insides that make it possible to enjoy without too much guilt, the flat out entertainment of Some Like It Hot, including its groaners, overemphasis and old school gags. How smart it is, for instance, to have Daphne demonstrate the spectrum of gender by singing simply, I crossed a border. Smart, too, to have it sung in the scene set in Mexico. And how satisfying is it to have Osgood link his identity issues so succinctly with hers quote the world reacts to what it sees he says and in my experience the world doesn't have very good eyesight perhaps not but some of its artists have a damn fine ear charles isherwood was mixed saying quote Racing to its farcical climax, the new musical Some Like It Hot works up a sizzling head of steam as its principal characters dash around attempting to secure their romantic fates and dodge the gangsters who have invaded their sunny refuge in a seaside hotel. This dizzying passage is pure pleasure. Unhappily, by the time it arrives, audiences may be too dazed to notice, since this adaptation of the classic movie, while buoyantly performed, is also exhaustingly labored. Um, moving on, Frank Rizzo from Variety said, quote, This stage production boasts swell performances, dandy twists and turns, razzmatazz dancing, and a whole lot of energy under the savvy, playful direction of, and choreography of Casey Nicola, all of which should please new audiences without alienating fans of the original. If the songs by Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman don't always score high marks, well... Nobody's Perfect, which is the iconic closing line of the film. Finally, Robert Hoffler, writing for The Rap, said, quote, With the exception of Fly, Mariposa, Fly, you will leave some like it hot humming the tunes because he could have hummed them going in. At their very best, John Cantor and Fred Ebb knew how to reinvent showbiz pastiche to, to deliver genuinely original anthems like All That Jazz in Chicago, from Chicago and the title songs from Cabaret in New York, New York. Shaman and Whitman's work is more journeyman-like. While the lyrics often delight, the music is merely peppy, repetitive, and yes, loud. Um, I agree with that. The show is entertaining. I don't think it's a bad time at the theater. You will laugh when you go. It is nothing you haven't seen before, and it is nothing different than what you expect this show to be going in. Uh, to me, uh, Natasha Yvette Williams is the standout performer of this as a Sweet Sue, who is the band leader who takes the the traveling band of women on the road. It is a show that sounds like it has a score that... Well, in some cases, it is a song actually directly ripped from Smash. And in other cases, it sounds like it's a score of songs that were discarded from songs from Smash. And they all sound essentially the same to me. The dancing's fantastic. There is a scene at the very end, um, which I won't spoil, but it is great. It is fun. It is smart. It is like nothing I've ever seen before. But ultimately, 
it was just fine. Like, I think this will probably be a contender ish for best musical, but it's, it's not a a best musical winner. In my opinion, it's a, it's a thoroughly enjoyable show. If you turn your brain off and don't have super high expectations for something new or revolutionary. All right, let's take a second real quick to talk about our sponsor for the week today. Ticks. I'm at the end of my trip. Uh, I don't know when I will be back for another trip, but I can guarantee you that whenever I am back in New York City, Today Takes will be part of my theater-going planning schedule. I have gotten to see so many more shows than I normally would because of how quick and easy Today Takes makes getting your tickets. They have amazing prices for some of the best theater, cabaret, comedy in town. It's a one-stop shop for theater. You can get everything from Broadway and beyond just by downloading the app or visiting todaytakes.com to find a show that you just have to see. And as quickly as 30 seconds, you can just find what you need Click the little button and you will have your tickets in your app ready to go. Yeah, click that little button. You can book those tickets months in advance if you're like Matt and you like to plan your trips and you're thoughtful and organized. Or if you're like me and you just decide, hey, my mental health is extremely low. I would like to see a show. Um, You're feeling spontaneous, whatever. You can get tickets for day of shows. That's what makes Today Ticks so great. You can get them today. Um, Today Ticks gives you access to exclusive pre-sales as well, limited time offers, digital lottery programs to sold out shows, day of discounted tickets. There's so many great lottery programs now like I that's literally how I got to see K-pop the second time was because I did the $35 lottery there are so many great opportunities um when you use the app to just kind of decide oh 9:58, I think I'm gonna enter a lottery for 10 p.m and then find out if you're gonna have a good night that night so today ticks isn't just for Broadway and London's West End you can find tickets in cities across the country and around the world including Chicago LA DC San Francisco Sydney and more Grace we have been talking about going to London I mean, yeah, we're, we're going to London. That's okay. that's just happening. Okay. <laughs> We've got Groundhog Day to see. Groundhog Day, are you on today, Tix? Get on it. Yeah, we need to check if it's going to be there. But Broadway tickets also make a great gift for your loved ones. Treat them to an experience that they will never forget. See that show you've always wanted to see or discover something new that you'll love just as much for even less. Go to todaytix.com slash Broadway and use promo code Broadway to get $10 off your first Today Tix purchase. That's T-O-D-A-Y-T-I-X dot com slash Broadway and use promo code Broadway to get $10 off your first Today Ticks purchase. One more time, todayticks.com slash Broadway. Okay, moving on, Grace, here is something else that I know is uh, was very upsetting to you. On Friday, it was announced that Ain't No Mo will play its final performance on Broadway on December 18th, so this coming Sunday. At the time of its closing, it will have played 43 total performances. Uh, after the announcement was made, playwright and star Jordan E. Cooper sent out a uh, an Instagram post and probably on other social media as well. Um, essentially saying we don't want to close. So if you want to help out, buy a ticket, buy a ticket for somebody else, sponsor somebody. Um, he talks about the fact that, um, the Wiz got a closing notice on opening night, 1974, and the audiences turned that around. It ended up running for four years. He closes his Instagram post by saying, we need all hands on deck with urgency in the name of art, in the name of resistance, in the name of, of we belong here too, in the name of every storytelling ancestor who ever graced a Broadway stage or was told they never could. Please support this production and buy a ticket and come have church with us. Radical black work belongs on Broadway too. Hashtag save ain't no mo. At least 
one Hollywood couple took notice of that as Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith bought out an entire performance of Ain't No Mo. I'm assuming um, that those they gave those tickets away or something. I'm not sure what that happened. Jordan didn't go into details um, about that. But this is a show that, as you've talked about, you have worked on. It's a show that Ashley and I saw on Wednesday night. We both um, thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, another show like K-pop that feels like it, it it should have had a longer life. Um, you can question all of the pro- producing and, uh, and, and business decisions around those shows all you want. But in terms of the art and the quality of show, it deserves to be seen by as big of an audience as humanly possible. Yeah, you know, for, for several months, I've been telling everybody that will listen, including the ones that won't, um, that they should buy a ticket to see this if they are um, in, in the abilities to do so. And um, I'm still saying that. I think it's one of the most moving pieces of theater that I've seen in a long time. And I'm so honored to even be associated with it, in my opinion. Jordan is such an extraordinary human as much as he is a playwright and performer. And um, yeah, I urge you all to buy a ticket and buy buy two if you can, um, one for you and one for somebody else, um, or gift tickets if you've already seen the show. Um, because yeah, he's 1000% right that it's it's a travesty. And you and I both have been talking about this past week and and everybody else on the internet, and we're not special, um, about um, some, some uh, many factors that go into the inability for certain shows to transcend barriers and for certain shows to sell out and some don't, um, that are all new works. And so what does that mean? And how are we reaching audiences that we hadn't before? And I think it's all a learning process, but also like, it's something to worth note, uh, you know, worth noting and saying like, okay, so, so how are we, how are we going to get better? And, and, uh, how do those decisions get made more quickly? And I don't know. It's just, um, it's so challenging. Yeah. It's just been a really, it's been a really tough one to, to, to watch happen because the art is so incredible. And so I, I just absolutely encourage you to, to make your way to the Belasco theater. It's, it's one of these things where we've seen it both with K-pop and ain't no mo where everybody in the community, at least in the spheres that I either talk to or see on social media say, this is a travesty. We can't let this happen. This is this is why this didn't this has, shouldn't happen. This is why this happened. We have to fix this. We have to fix it. We have to fix this. I feel like we say that a lot, and it's only going to change if the people who are in decision making positions are willing to make the changes. And I'm not sure that they are. And unfortunately, when a show closes prematurely, it's almost never the fault of the performers. It's almost never the fault of the audience. And I've seen some people blaming audiences, but to me, it's the people whose job it literally is, is to make this business successful. And the producers have to be the ones that are willing to do things differently if they don't want this to continue to happen again and again and again. So if we say everyone is disappointed by this, everyone is saddened by this, this shouldn't be happening. The people who are actually the ones who signed the checks to make things happen have to be willing to make changes, have to be willing to take risks, have to be willing to do things that aren't the status quo that we we know, like, I know you've worked on this show and, and you really wanted this to succeed and you've been talking about how great it is. This, this outcome does not surprise me. I would have loved for it to have a different outcome, but it doesn't surprise me because this is what Broadway does to shows like this. And probably the same thing with K-pop, although with musicals, it's a little different because that I think those have a little bit 
better chance to catch on, uh, but they're still harder to make money on. But a show like this that is a play that is so different, that is so wild, um, and is you know is a show by and and about black people. I'm not surprised by this, and I'm not surprised because even though the producers are people who wanted this show to have a great life, you have to be willing to do something different. And that's not just for this show. This is for all shows. So I hope that these lessons, as you said, are learned well by the decision makers who ultimately are just the producers. Those are the decision makers. And uh, hopefully this is the, I mean, it's not going to be the last time we have to talk about something like this, but hopefully slowly, but surely these types of things, um, when they do happen, we don't have the crutch of they didn't try anything different to fall back on. So All right, we have a little bit of movie news that we want to talk about before we get out of here. Uh, On Friday, The Hollywood Reporter revealed the initial casting for the upcoming movie musical adaptation of Mean Girls, the musical, which was originally an adaptation of a movie. This new film will be released on Paramount Plus, and the initial casting is not only filled with Broadway people, but filled with a friend of yours as well. Um, oh first off, God. Oh no, so, <laughs> so good. Excited. It's going to be so good. So anyway, okay. So playing Katie Heron will be Angori Rice, who is, uh, I've loved her since she was like 15 years old in that um, Russell Crowe, Ryan Gosling movie. Was it called The Wise Guys or something? Yes. So good. And she's also in the Spider-Man movies. She's, she, I think I've never heard her sing, but she's really, really good. Um, Jaquel- she was just in Mare of Easttown. Oh, I didn't watch that. Oh, no, yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jaquel Spivey is going to be playing um, Damien. And Renee Rapp is going to return to the role of Regina George, which she played on Broadway. And then playing Janice is your friend, everyone's favorite uh, Disney princess, uh, Ali'i Carvalho. Uh, I am overjoyed by this casting my love for mean girls yeah. the musical is very well known but like this is this is how you do it i feel like we talked about this with with um with the initial wicked casting as well and i don't remember if it was you and me or me and ashley but like get some names and then fill it in with really good broadway people like and these names aren't as big as like ariana grande of course but like for a paramount plus show like getting ali'i and angori like that's pretty cool and then obviously renee rap has some prestige with sex lives of of college girls so like i love this casting i'm interested to see who the rest of the plastics and everybody else are as well do you think that we are going to get Lindsay lohan to play regina's mother do we think that that's going to happen because that's what i want to happen so there was a recent interview between Lindsay lohan and uh, amanda seyfried they talked about wanting to do the the musical themselves like get everybody from the original cast and do the musical like on stage or something just like to do it um so i would love it like i would love her amanda to- is more likely because she's got that mama mia and les mis record but Lindsay's a star she was a pop singer yes. we all had the albums like so i i mean i think that they all should be in it first I, of all 100 like this is something that Lacey you Chabert? absolutely Hello? could Oh, trust me, the the queen of Hallmark Christmas movies um, oh, yeah. definitely should be there. And Rachel McAdams and, um, uh, oh, what is, I forget who played. Uh, Tina Fey. You're thinking of Tina no, Fey. No, I'm not thinking of Tina Fey. Who played Janice, who is was great on Masters of Sex. Um, 
I can't think of her name. But get them all back. Get them all in for something. I don't care what it is. Lizzie McAlpin. Lizzie, um, Lizzie Kaplan. Lizzie Kaplan. Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah, she's great. Get them, get them all back. Let's do it. Uh, I love it. Um, and Jonathan Bennett, um, who is also in a lot of uh, Hallmark movies as well. Uh, bring him back too. Um, but speaking of movie musical casting and Wicked, we got more casting for the Wicked film. And some of these people are people that I know. Some of them are not. Um, so if I mispronounce anyone's name, feel free to tell me. But Deadline reports that Marissa Bode is playing Nessa Rose. And I did do a little bit of Googling on her. Um, she's actually someone who uses a wheelchair. She had a spinal injury and she uses a wheelchair. So that is something that we've talked a lot about over this whole casting process. So that is very interesting. Um, Bowen Yang and Bronwyn James will be, will play Shiz classmates. Um, Aaron Cho will play, um, I believe a professor and another teacher, I think, uh, will be played by Kiala Settle. So there's a few other names in here that I didn't recognize. We'll have the link in, in the show notes if you want to check that out. But like pretty good casting. I mean, I'm, I'm all for, uh, uh, Kiala Settle being in any movie musical. Cause she obviously stole, um, the greatest showman with, uh, with that single that, that hit like the top of the charts. So let's go. I'm all for all of these things. All right, Grace, anything that people need to know as we end this, uh, if we well, one end my trip, uh, but head into like the last few weeks of this year, anything that they need to, other than buying tickets to go see ain't no mo, anything they need to think about do or, or anything like that. Funny you should say that because I am over the moon about another rendition of a Christmas classic that I am going to see downtown. Can you believe Eddie Izzard is going to, um, she's doing yes. a performance of uh, Great Expectations. I cannot wait for this. I forgot never, all about this happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never gotten to see her live. I was devastated. Let me say this one more time because someone's going to listen to this. I was devastated that I could not be a part of the press day where they were interviewing her. And I am begging, begging to interview her. Um, Eddie Izzard is just one of those comedians that I've just followed for a long time. And um, but just like fallen in love with her artistry in the past, like two years, especially. Um, I just I can't tell you it's like an outer body experience how excited I am to see her perform. So um, if you don't already have tickets to go uh, downtown New York, um, make sure that you are getting your tickets to secret expectations because I think it's going to be really phenomenal. And it's a it's a one person great expectations, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. So layers on layers on layers. I mean, if you're going to see if you're out here and you're going to see the one man Christmas Carol, why aren't you going downtown for six weeks at the Greenwich House Theater? Yeah. Eddie Izzard's there. December 22nd um, is the official opening, I believe, and uh, running through January 24th. So absolutely fantastic. So we'll put a link in the show notes for that as well. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all parts of social media at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Monday, a wonderful week, and we will talk to you tomorrow. 